revolution, real talk. Living right, the execution, real walk. And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside. And get your body out line and chalk. I left the institution, real talk. Living right, the execution, real walk. And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside. And get your body out line and chalk. Uh, hey, welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You are now listening to House to House Podcast. This is Amadi. I'm in here with Ragu. Yeah, yeah. Um, as always, you can ingest our wonderful podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, um, Google Play Music, as well as Google Podcasts. Um, Google rolled out that new podcasting platform, so go check that out. And we are always, always on SoundCloud, House H-O-U-S-E And the number two And the word H-O-U-S-E House Too much on the brain, Amadi (laughs) Yeah, man Too much on the brain (laughs) You know, when we advance our father's kingdom One house at a time So we're here to continue to push Push our father's agenda in the earth And do those things in which we see him doing So, as always, we encourage you all to jump on the Facebook group Jump on the Facebook group it's been a little quiet here the last week or so, so we got to go spark something up. So yeah. <laughs> you go in there. I'll be on there sparking something up this week coming up. So um, get on there, give your comments, give your questions, you know, anything you want to add and throw in. Please feel free to uh, jump in and uh, chime in. Um, but we're going to we're, we're going to continue the conversation. Um, we were talking last week just about a visual representation, just how the the Lord, you know, desires for you know as a as a, a an extension of this new revelation and new understanding that there be a visual you know representation of that in the earth yeah i think uh it's key for a person or i should say someone being discipled by someone that who is older and more mature in the lord i think that's that's where we kind of tail ended with the actual conversation just segueing into how to do these things in a generational manner. Yeah, and I, I, I think it's been, you know, one of the great detriments to, to the body of Christ, just, you know, for as long as you can think, because all of these great moves of God, right, all of these powerful things that, that, that the Father has done in the earth, he has displayed himself in all these different movements that we've seen, evangelistic crusades, you know, revivals, right? Movements. They all just kind of fizzle out. Yeah, they just all kind of rise up and then fizzle out. And you say, man, Lord, how could these things just rise up? Now, you know, some of that is the Lord himself, right? Because he wants to continue to move from season to season. But we should be able to hold on to the remnant of that thing that, the you know, transpired. And, you know, I just feel like that part of that, you know, that lends itself to to the stagnation of the body of Christ is not properly, you know, functioning across multiple generations. You know, I think too, too many times we have based things upon personalities and leaders with charisma, right? But not actually looking to see the thing that the Lord has done expressed in the next generation. And sometimes that takes being very intentional. And so with this new understanding and this new revelation, you know, one of the things that, and I have to tell this to people a lot, I'll say, this is not about not going to church. That's not what this is about. You know, people think, oh yeah, yeah, we don't go to church either. It's like, that's not what this is about. This is not about me declaring I don't go to church because I could go to church. 
There are a lot of great believers in the, in churches. There are a lot of great brothers and great sisters in churches. This is about stepping out, embracing a new understanding and a new revelation that the Lord has dispensed into the earth and now walking it out, not only in my life, but connecting with those who would like to see this thing pushed through to the next, gen- like built upon, right? You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like built upon to the next generation. I think that definitely speaks to what the reality is for us individuals who see ourselves not necessarily part of a church building, but coming out. And the reality is that we, we are the body of Christ as individual believers. And we want to make sure we are accurately representing that. So in doing so, that one of the the key components and is of course making sure that genera- generationally uh it's passed on from us to the next generation and so on and so it's it's uh being recreated not recreated but accurately represented yeah no it's definitely i think it's that's that's so pivotal you know there's a there's a very interesting scripture i just want to read here um, in First Corinthians chapter four, um, so this is Paul writing. Um, he's writing from probably from prison at, at this particular juncture in his life. Um, he's writing to the believers in the house of God who happen to reside in the city of Corinth. Right? I had to, I had to make sure I lay it out. You're like laying that. it out. Yeah. Well, because you know, because of the old mindset and the old understanding, we would look at that scripture as like the first Baptist of Corinth or the first Methodist of Corinth. It's like, no, there was a group of believers who happened to live within a city of Corinth. That is the Corinthian believers that this, that the first and second epistles are written to. So in chapter four, right now, the reason that you may say, Amani, why would you go through the lengths to lay it out in that manner? Because look at, I'm, I'm going to start here in verse 14. Um, you can read the whole chapter. I would even encourage you to read, you know, chapter three, because he goes into some other things, but this particular verse here um, in verse 14, and I'll read down a few verses down below that. He says, I'm not writing these things to shame you, but to correct you as my dear children. So, I mean, that 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 first thing helps you understand the way in which Paul saw these people. He said, for though you may have 10,000 guardians in Christ, and I think some translations may say instructors, mm-hmm. though you may have 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers because I have become your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I encourage you then be imitators of me. Now, I'm going to keep reading, but again, you yeah. have to understand that listen to the language in which he's using. It's a very familiar language. It's not a language of leadership and lay people. It's not a language of, you know, institution and, and, and that sort of infrastructure. It's the language of the family. Now, he, he makes a very interesting statement. He says, I encourage you. This is verse 16. I encourage you then be imitators of me. Well, now you may say, well, what does that look like? What is he even talking about there? Well, he then he'll she, he says, I'm not going to leave you there. This is the difference between an instructor and a father. And I was just talking to someone about this. He says, uh, verse 17, for this reason, I sent my son Timothy to you, right? He is my dear and faithful son in the Lord. He will remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach them everywhere in every church. Now, he says in verse 18, some of you have become arrogant as if I were not coming to you. And he says, I will come to you soon, the Lord willing. 
and I'll find out not only in talk of these arrogant people, but also the power. Now, he his intention is to come, right? His intention is to come and be with them and probably bring some correction. Because he says, some of you, some of you jokers. Should I bring getting, a ride? Or? Right, yeah. Some of you jokers <laughs> are getting arrogant. But mm-hmm. in in the event that he cannot make it, he knows that his representation will be adequate and sufficient because he's sending his son. He sends one who walks with him, right? And someone who can imitate his ways. And it, it's literally like, if Timothy's there, I'm there. Like that's the level of relationship that Timothy and I have that he will remind you again. This is verse 17. What will Timothy do? Timothy will remind you of my ways in Christ. That is a very specific type of relationship. That's not a, I see you next week, right? I'll see you next Sunday. That is a clearly we've been walking together and I have, you know, deposited some things within your spirit right in, in in your heart i have imparted some things to you that you can now represent visually to these people in corinth when i can't be there this is this is this is so it's not based on the leader with the charisma right paul is the man because that's why you know he says in the chapter before some follow apollo some follow paul some follow cephas it's not about that All right you know it's about we are perpetuating and a representation in the earth, whether it's me, Apollos, uh, Peter, now my son, Timothy, you all will see a very consistent representation. Yeah. And it leaves out that. So, so just going back to, to Paul's familiar terminology with the people of Corinth, there is such a uh, closeness and relationship that has been established that he can even go to them and even even acknowledge that he's sending someone else that's not him <laughs> and it will be received mm-hmm. it would be as if the lord is is saying it mm-hmm. that's really good so it's almost like you don't know timothy right but he's you out know in the me distance. Uh-huh. Right? but you know me so because you know me and we have this relationship you're going to respect and honor and trust and trust timothy you know, just as if the Lord was speaking or if I was speaking. Yeah, no, that's that's spot on. And so this this sort of generational thing that we're talking about here, um, I think that there's a couple layers to it. And there's probably more, but, you know, these are the layers I'm thinking about. So I'm going to share the layers. Again, if you have layers, please put them on the Facebook group. But I think one of the layers is, you know, that there are going to be those whom the Lord uses to to lay foundation in certain things certain people will lay foundation right the the background that i came from wasn't the best so i understand for my children i i have to lay certain you know foundation in in certain areas i understand that my children will have to build upon certain foundations that i built right there are going to be certain things that i will not see the fruition of in my lifetime and that's a part of thinking generationally. You have to realize, and this is where, again, we have to change that institutional model, right? Oh, my blessing or my this, my break. There are some things that you will not see. You know, Hebrews 12 tells us this. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are some things that we will not see the fruition of them in our lifetime. And we have to be okay with that. And we have to work just as hard as if we were going to see them. Um, the other thing that I thought about was then, in that same mentality, we have to be willing to come alongside others who have laid foundation and be willing to support what they're doing 
And, you know, we got to be humble enough to say, you know what, this is something that I may not get credit for, I may not see the glory of or anything. I'm just coming alongside to add to or build upon something that they did, right? Something that 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 they started or whatever. But again, this is my piece. This is my component, you know, in terms of generationally to add to what they're uh, doing. So, no, I think uh, I think what you're describing, though, Amadi, is actually uh, creating a culture for your family. Mm-hmm. And I think in the like manner, you're creating a culture for them to live in with respect to being being a Christian or being a believer. So you're shaping and scoping and molding or sculpting a, a paradigm in which how things are actually what the reality is. So I think that is that is a crucial and important truth that's being laid out. And I think the uh, other thing here, you know, the vision of of being a generationally building it has to start somewhere, right? Right. So the first person that lays this all out is going to have a lot of work on their shoulders. <laughs> right. Especially if there was nothing already previously established. Right, exactly. And you see this in the New Testament as well as in the Old Testament. Like God, this is a repetitive pattern of the Lord, right? Where he takes one, builds a bit, but then he continues it in the next generation. It doesn't like stop. And this is where I was talking about earlier where in in modern times something that the Lord did it just tends to stop and die and end. But what you see in in scripture a lot of times now there are things that die in scripture because of disobedience and rebellion. But I think that the the Lord's preferred pattern is to build it across multiple generations, right? David and into Solomon, right? You're not going to build it. Solomon's going to build, right? Just continuing some things. And, you know, eventually because of Solomon's disobedience and rebellion, you know, things ended up stopping there. But I think that you saw the the Lord's pattern to start, like you said, with David. And sometimes, David, you got to do some of the heavy lifting. Um, But I'm going to continue with your son. And I believe it was the Lord's intention to continue on. Um, But what what are some other examples that you see of, of this particular pattern no, that's um, in in scripture. No, that's a great great segue. Um, so let's 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 go into how it transitioned from Moses to Joshua. So so Moses led the people of Israel free, right? He did all the heavy lifting. He first had to acknowledge that he was going to be the one, right? To, be to willing free, to do the heavy lifting, right? <laughs> to free the Israelites and all his his stumbling blocks, his inability to so or on. Un- to speak, right. you know, his inability to feel like he can take charge and lead, lead. Mm-hmm. but, you know, eventually, eventually and progressively throughout these iterations of interactions with Pharaoh, through the plagues, and finally, you know, crossing the Red Sea, and even still, he did not see them go into the promised land. He He passed away, but thank God he did pass on the traditions and the the things that were required in order for Joshua to lead from that point. Yeah, and so you know, there's a there's a scripture in Psalm like one ten, right, where it says oh, that one hundred three, or one hundred three, yeah. where it says that Israel knew God's deeds, but Moses knew his ways, right? And so, if Moses knows God's ways, you can almost you know assuredly guaranteed or be guaranteed that. Moses spent time teaching Joshua the ways of God. 
Joshua was there, so he saw all the deeds, right? He, he saw the miracles. Yeah, he witnessed the miracles. Remember, I think there's a scripture. I can't think of the address where Joshua's hiding at the base of the mountain, just trying to peek up at what the Lord is doing in his interactions with Moses, right? Um, so Joshua saw the miracles. He he saw the deeds, but it was through that generational interaction with Moses that he was able to begin to learn and come into agreement and come into understanding of the ways of God, right? Learning those ways. And, you know, so that's another part of just this generational piece is seeing how each generation connects together. Yeah. Right. Because there are going to be certain things, you know, this is and this is probably one of the disadvantages of being a, in a younger generation. Sometimes you're so immature, you don't see the value in an older generation. And that's something you have to learn. You have to be taught to value the previous generation because you may say, oh, they don't do it like this. It's outdated. It's, you know, ancient. Da, 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 da. But in actuality, there are things to be gained. There is wisdom to be imparted, right? There are things to be learned from a previous generation and vice versa. As an older generation, we can be very dismissive of those who are younger than us. But there may be new and more efficient ways in which God is going to execute things. And so we have to be also oh, generational functioning as a body means that I see the value in both. One is neither greater than the other, right? It's just different. It's different. And so I see the value in both and how they can come together to form this body that we're doing, right? Everybody's not going to be the same age. Some people are going to do things, you know, some people are going to still write letters and some people are going to send emails, right? And even email is becoming outdated, you know, so. I'm just going to text you real quick. Yeah, I'm just going to send you a text message. So we, we have to be able to see that, you know, see the. How things both how the, how both generations I think or multiple not might not more than two it could be more than two it could be three four generations right wow. just seeing how they all kind of work together you know it's, it's pivotal yeah but I think what you're describing Amadi is a key component of the elder or the older generation being humble enough to acknowledge the need to for these things to be passed on and the requirement of the father or the more mature to see the, the essential requirement, no matter what the hurdle is, but to make sure it is still transcendent, that that process transcends anything that could be going on. No, that's good. And so you have to move these things past your generation because if they don't, then it dies with you. That's good. That takes humility. You know, when you look at another who may be immature, right? And you say, I need this person. I need this person to get it. I need it to click in their heart. So you got to pray for them. You got to go back and again and again and again and keep working with them. Yeah, that takes humility. And sometimes God does that to, you know, to humble you, yeah. yeah, to liberally to humble you. And then also in the younger person, it takes humility to look to at this receive, older, to yeah. receive it, to say, man, this older person has things that I need that that will benefit me. That takes a certain level of maturity and a certain level of humility to say, wow, because, you know, listen, we're young, we're arrogant. This is just like what Paul was saying in 1 Corinthians 4, like, you, oh, you're getting arrogant, right? <laughs> and we, we can be arrogant and think that I have the totality of everything I need within myself. And it's like, nope, this person who's gone before me is more mature, right, who, ha who has experienced things, who has a deeper level of understanding and who, who's better, listen, just honestly better acquainted with the Lord. They're just better acquainted with the Lord, not just, you know, there are many times where I'll talk to people 
you know, and I wouldn't even consider myself the most mature person, but there are many times I'll talk to people and I'll listen to what they'll say and I'll say, I'm not telling you that's right or wrong, but that doesn't sound like my <laughs> heavenly father, right? Uh-huh. I'm as acquainted with my father as I am. And so when people say things that sound reckless, I'll say, you know what? I'm not going to tell you yes or no, but what I will say is that does not sound like my heavenly father. I've known him for nearly 20 years. Doesn't sound like him. And so this is where we have to be humble enough to say, oh, let me go back to the drawing board, right? And, uh, you know, I was having a conversation with one of my coworkers today and to draw some type of parallel, we were just talking about careers and transitioning. I mentioned the aspect of how there, there is not necessarily a lot of like apprenticeship type of positions or you'll yeah. see that less and less. I think there's a higher, higher expectation for those who are coming out of college to have some degree of understanding. But for the most part, I'll say that it's. It's mostly conceptual, theoretical things, not nece- not necessarily a hands-on. And so the requirement, I believe, for now drawing it back to, to what we're talking about is a father still having to, you know, bring the, the next generation up to speed, even though they may have some type of theoretical or an idea of how things work but not necessarily the hands-on. Yeah, the, the practical part. Yeah. yeah, and this is where the the ways part comes in, where, mm-hmm. you, where you learn the ways of God. And so you may have read a bunch of scripture and you've seen, yeah, 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 but you have yet part, not partaken right. in what's go, what God has done. And so you need to learn the practical application. Like even this new revelation, you know, I talked about earlier, this just a few moments ago where we were saying, it's not just about going to church. Because that's what I see. A lot of younger people will get this understanding and think that's what it's limited to. I don't go to church no more because I understand the kingdom and this, that, and the third. And you say, well, that's not the totality of what this is, right? Now, if you're willing to learn and listen, we can walk this thing out. If you want to continue on in just that that zeal without wisdom, which is what the Mm -hmm. Bible talks about, where you can be zealous but have very little understanding, proceed on but if you choose to fully understand this it's going to require some humility right yeah. it's going to require us walking together and and being humble because think about uh, paul and timothy paul was probably had to swallow some pride in order to say i am unable to go there right i am physically inhibited. physically yes exactly i, I cannot physically go there so either one of two things would happen. Either the believers in Corinth would be without the representation or Timothy has to go. That takes the humility part mm-hmm. to say, you know what, I'm going to have to send this individual whom I've been walking with, whom I may have been declaring is my son in the Lord. I'm going to have to now put that to the test. Yep. You know, and that's that's the humbling part. And so, you know, the other part that we have to do is we have to reject the false humility, you know, where others may come to us. Right. And say, I see something in your life that I believe would benefit me. Can we walk together? Right. Amos three, three, I quote it all the time. Two cannot walk together unless they be in agreement. So we have to reject this false humility and say, oh, man, no, that's all right. You can do it. God got you. Just seek the Lord. That's that individualism. Yep. And you're going to, unfortunately, one cannot disciple themselves no matter how hard they try. Exactly. We push people into self-discipleship with our false humility. Oh, just seek the Lord. God got you. But in actuality, 
what the Lord was going to uh, give to them, he deposited within you, you yeah. in you. Exactly. So you can pass those ways on to the next generation. So we have to really work intentionally, I think, to really foster this because it is, it is an it is an affront to a lot of what we do. We do what we a lot of what we do is individualistic. A lot of what we do is not humble. It's not meek. Um, and I don't think that's intentional. I think we just kind of do it because that's what we do. It's We've required. Yeah. Yeah. It's like ingrained in us mm-hmm. to just do these things. And so we just do them. Um, and we have to sort of, you know, look at the look at the results of what these things have produced. Not I'd say not the not the most excellent, not no. the most excellent results. No, I think. uh in order for someone to mature, it takes the, it takes another for them to, and 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 when you look at it from a, uh, when you take a step back again, and look at it from, just from a con- career point of view, it usually takes someone stepping in and helping and assisting to help another progress, right? And in the same like manner, there is a requirement that uh, another would step in and be that more mature representation to help the generation uh, to advance even further. Yeah, so this is where like things like when Jesus would say greater things than these would you do, stuff like that. We see things and it's like things will grow exponentially. You know, it won't just be one plus one is two, two plus two is four. You know, when you begin to grow exponentially, things go. It's like 1, 4, 16, 25. You know, it, it jumps much faster when you go exponentially. I know I just put a little bit of math out there for y'all. It's, it's, that's 4 squared, 5 squared. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 1, 4, 9, 16, 25, yeah. 3 squared, 4 squared, 5 squared. Anyway, that was just some math. Um, so, yeah, I think that, you know, let's let's look a little, let's look a little deeper at at these things let's let's begin to you know dissect these things i'm definitely going to throw these these questions out on on facebook this week and we would love to get your thoughts on it you know what what does it mean to walk with another right what does it mean to walk with another um whether it's for my maturity if i'm the older in the relationship or the more mature one and what does it look like to help benefit another if i'm the less mature one right what does it look like? What what does that be? How does that begin to take shape and take form? That two are walking together in a relationship, right? To benefit and for the maturity of the lesser, and you know, not just for their benefit and for their maturity, but also that the full representation and and expression of what the Lord is doing it ensures it that it moves on to the next generation, right? You, When that connection is made, you've now ensured that the move of God continues into the next generation. What does that look like, right? How does that begin mm-hmm. to take shape and and take form? So we, we, we want to get into that next time, just some of the practical things, right? Because right. we can make these theoretical statements and in theory, you're like, yeah, yeah, I understand, but now what do I do, right? So we're going to get a little bit into that next time that how do these relationships sort of form because, you know, we talked about Abram and Melchizedek. That's kind of the end result. When you yeah. get to the end result, you see the fruition of a relationship and Abram giving a tithe and their blessing and taking bread and wine, yeah. essentially, right? That's the end result of a deep relationship. It's a very mature relationship. Exactly. I think. It's, it's, an, it's a mature expression. Yeah, I think a 
progressional relationship that we've been uh, highlighting a lot of is both with uh, Timothy and Paul or Paul and Timothy. Right. Uh, which not necessarily got to that stage, but I think it's gotten to a point where where Paul has acknowledged that Timothy is his son. Yeah. Again, the kind of a, the fruition of some mm-hmm. things, right? So, you know, we we know you don't go to 12th grade right out of kindergarten. So <laughs> there, there are some other grades in there. So we're going to talk a little bit about that next time. Just what does that look like practically as you begin to fully embrace this new revelation and understanding and, you know, have the desire to walk it out and the desire to walk it out alongside another, you know, and how that how that sort of takes shape and take form. So we're going to throw these out on the Facebook group. Like I said, we, we definitely want you guys to uh, chime in and, uh, you know, share your thoughts on it. You know, are you in a, a relationship like this? You know, what does it look like to you? And, and if you're not, why is that? Why would you not want to be in one? And why, uh, you know, why maybe why would you want to get into one? You know, there's, you know, throw all these ideas out and hopefully everyone at the end of the day is edified. So, uh, we do thank you guys for listening, um, again this week, you know, and again, as always subscribe to the podcast, uh, we didn't say it earlier, but if you are on the Apple platform, please give us five star rating. We would greatly appreciate that. So if you're listening to this podcast on the Apple platform, Apple Podcasts, or iTunes, um, please give us five stars on all the other platforms. Just go ahead and subscribe. So we uh, thank you guys for listening once again. This is Amadi uh, for Ragu saying bye-bye. Yeah, catch you next time. the charge, they jump from the line. The house of God I speak of in my rhymes. You see, it's the people, not the steeple that shines. And most will do what they please. And that is the reason I left an institution, walked in a new season. Or you call it rebellion or call me a alien. Just look at the line. In life, y'all selling them, telling them miss it, compelling the misfits. It's the devil, so they level the distance. See, dog, I don't have no constituents. So, y'all, I won't brag on the instruments. So, warn, I will speak from the present tense, not just bread I eat in the sentences. I left the institution, real talk. Living right, the execution, real walk. Stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot.